Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Rebecca Huntley and Sarah McDonald are impressive women. Both are writers, broadcasters, and between them, they have five children. Among her children, Rebecca has twins and Sarah has teenagers. Enough said, but still, Rebecca is one of Australia's best-known social researchers and Sarah has written a wonderful memoir called Holy Cow. It would seem that they are both women who are very much on top of their game, and yet their latest venture together is all about when life falls apart. The Full Catastrophe is a collection of stories from well-known Australians. Rebecca, Sarah, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. (laughs) All lies, lies, (laughs) a web of lies. Well, you both have stories in this book. Um, When did you decide that life's catastrophes are actually very entertaining? Oh, look, I mean, I... I always get Sarah to tell this story because it's the origin of the both the live show and the podcast that became the book. But she was telling me about a particularly horrible time in her life, which she writes about in the book. And I just, you know, it was one thing after another. It was really like a conga line of catastrophes. And I just was laughing. <laughs> I do never. She'd been so sympathetic. She'd been bringing me, you know, dinners and with tablecloths and desserts because she's Rebecca, you know, they were three course meals and wonderful. And she'd been really supportive. But yeah, it was one of those snowball catastrophes yeah. in life where my father died, my mother got sick, you know, the sandwich generation, it was that sort of bad sandwich. And you young kids and my husband went away overseas for months and then I got really, really sick. And as I, after I'd recovered, I was telling Rebecca, and she had been so sympathetic, she was patting my hand, and then she just started laughing and laughing <laughs> and laughing. And at first I was incredibly insulted, and then I started laughing. Because it is, you do sometimes have to laugh when your life falls apart, because also, there's no yeah. other alternative. Also, really. Sarah's very good at delivering, fa- you know what I mean? <laughs> she also has a wonderful comic delivery, and I think it was just basically the combination of the dead possum, the dog, the lice, you know, and the, <laughs> you know, the white sheets on the bed. Oh, I mean, I'll let you read and, the story to get the full picture. There's a psychic picture. involved as well. Like, because yes. when you are feeling that life is catastrophic, you do weird things like call a psychic who burps out your bad voodoo. I mean, it is just bizarre that I, I don't know why I went so crazily down that path, but it was because I was feeling so vulnerable. So that's kind of what the books it's about. It's sort of about, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to get people who are some of them well-known, some not so well-known to stand up and tell about a time in their life when life got so bad, it was funny. And was it hard to get people to contribute because like you said it was the first it was a live show that you did here in (laughs) Sydney um, and then you made it into a podcast and then the book but originally what you're asking people to do is stand up in front of a group of people and talk about their darkest time that probably at that moment wasn't so funny exactly and I think the thing is is that the interesting thing is um, everybody almost immediately knew the story that they wanted to tell. Um, And even though originally we were really thinking about women, mostly women, but some men at this this kind of mid-40s to early 50s when you're still you know, ageing parents, career stuff, you know, you're also, you're a bit worn down if you've got children. And so 
all of these are first world problems. I mean, it's nice problems to have that you've got, you know, parents still alive and children and a job and everything. But but there's kind of universal stresses and strains in our, um, you know, in our social networks. And so everybody immediately went, yep, I remember. <laughs> you know, they, they kind of alighted on a story. Yeah. And so everybody's got one. And look, some of them are um, much more raw, much more vulnerable than others. Sometimes somebody can make... Um, a very little problem and, and kind of tell it kind of beautifully. Um, so there's a real, there's something in it for everybody, including there's some quite dark stories. Just, yeah, you know, absolutely. There yeah. are, there are, but most of them are kind of like, there's a, it's a play on the whole catastrophe thing because really it's acknowledgement that most of the time our lives are not catastrophic, but we like to catastrophize. <laughs> I do too. I'm a terrible catastrophizer, aren't I? One thing goes wrong and I go, right. <laughs> everything you know, everything's terrible. You know, my child fails one subject. Right, going to be a school dropout and going to be a grave digger. So it's. Like, <laughs> Do they even exist I don't know. Anymore? My brain goes to weird times. My mother just had cataract surgery, and in the middle of the night, her eye was weeping, and she decided she was going to go blind. She'd get the garden appointment and a guard dog and a garden apartment. You know, and and the and the special seeing eye dog. She'd gone all of that through so all it's of genetic. That. Is that what you're saying, Sarah? It is genetic, but it's also we, that's kind of the play of the whole book. It's like we do catastrophize, but really we're pretty lucky. So let's laugh at these sort of catastrophes because you have to. Because when real disaster and terrible dark times strike, it builds up your resilience. I'm, I'm. I mean, Sarah and I are uh, alike in the best ways and different in the best ways as well. But I, <laughs> I tend to do that as well. And I think one of the reasons I've noticed that that can be something that can be amplified when you have kids, which is, <laughs> and it, and it, it's the impulse of caring. Like, okay, so what am I strategizing about? What will I do if, if this pain is actually a tumor? <laughs> Where will I, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start cooking up large meals. I'm going to, you know what I mean? You know, you, you part of that's about, about trying to make sure there's always a safety net because you know that you're really responsible for a lot of people around you. So I think mm. you go practical. That... I just go emotional. Right. Yeah, and part of it though is parents, uh, especially when they're small, that small children create their own catastrophes. Exactly. Right? Oh wow! You're living and, on the edge all the time. Yeah, and and in fact, there's it's not a surprise that many of the stories in the book that feature children also feature international travel. Uh, so there's one from. <laughs> Deb Knight, and it kind of doesn't matter where you go internationally. I mean, Kathy Wilcox went to France, and um, Emma Alberici went to London, and well, she moved to London moved with to three London. kids under five oh, yeah. and a husband who forgot to check that he had the right visa. Yeah. <laughs> They're not and together anymore. Deb, Deb Knight went to Japan with very small children in the height of summer and no, no nappies. Yeah, no nappies. <laughs> oh my god! So there's one. There's quite a lot of um, travel stories, travel with children stories, mm. and that's real. That is a, a typical first world problem as well, mm. which is that because you can actually we travel go overseas with children. Well, why do you? I think it's crazy. I never did. Well, that. Most most people in the world only travel with children if fleeing persecution. Like that is really the only <laughs> way they think. Let's just get everybody and go away, rather than let's just stay here. Let's just stay inside. It's, yeah. I remember I went up the coast once with my baby, and she was only about six months old at the time. And these other parents went, "You're so brave." I was three hours north of Sydney. <laughs> You're so brave bringing your child away. And then I hear about Deb Knight taking these oh, children yeah. to Japan in midsummer yeah. with no nappies, and I'm thinking, yeah. what were you? 
thinking. Like I think sometimes we bring catastrophes on ourselves, oh, don't we? Definitely. Like you do by going oh buying IKEA cots for twins. No, I decided. Yeah, I decided yeah. to. Anybody that ventures into IKEA without you deserved it. A hunting, a hunting knife and a dog <laughs> and you know some kind of a you know some kind of a Valium. device. Well, we won't right. give away Happy the story, drugs. but how many times did you go to IKEA in, in one day? In twelve hours, four times. You know, with different combinations of children. Right? I was determined I did, to did get... Did you cry at any part no, of that No, I didn't. Have I you didn't. heard of online I made delivery? everybody else cry. That's absolutely what you say. Have you heard of online ordering and delivery? It's just, this is what I mean. We bring on our own didn't catastrophes. Have it Let's be you fair. Know, it's go, a new thing at IKEA. This is the thing. If you go online... You don't get the one dollar hot dog and all the other stuff and that that box with the little biscuits in it. Yeah. Didn't you drop your ice cream on your foot anyway? Oh, there was so much. It was. <laughs> but the, of course, the thing that happens now is whenever things go wrong for each other, silently we think that'll make a good story. Because mm. <laughs> yeah. we, we always when we yeah. do the live. Now show, we worry when life's going smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> what will we say? Lucky we it t- never is. <laughs> So, yeah, we, there is quite a lot of pressure to come up with new dramas. <laughs> and know. is that what you like at parties? Like you just come up to people and go, so, anything shit happened we've to never, you today? We've never stolen anybody else's catastrophe, although one of the things that's really um, clear I've been is tempted. That, have you? Yeah, my friend um, was going on a lovely holiday to a health retreat and her elder, her youngest child had just had his plaster off his broken leg. Just just had it off and she was packing her bag and then she heard this screaming and he'd gone down a slippery slide on a skateboard and broken the other leg <gasps> and had to be in traction for three days and this was just after her mother died like it, and oh. I was like can I use this <laughs> do you want but to come and stand and talk to yeah. the crowd she's like people? I can't I'm still in therapy about it yeah <laughs> but it is therapeutic isn't it, it is. not just for the person telling it but for the person reading it or hearing it, people come up to us at the end of the full catastrophe and say, thank you, because now my life doesn't seem so crazy. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is fun to do the live show because you get people's reaction and, and it's lovely to see some of these people who seem to have very nice, sparkly little lives talk about when they made some really kind of serious errors, <laughs> errors of judgment or all caught up in something that really was bigger than them, but then also made some serious well, errors yeah. of judgment. And it can happen concept. right at the beginning of a child's life. Like Annabelle Crabb, when she's about, she goes into labour and her husband's so drunk, <laughs> so drunk, <laughs> he he's like, nah, you know, it's all right, love you, darling, pat, pat, and it ends no, up. it's wonderful. She says, I need a towel. And he said, you shall have all the towels you need, my darling, and then kind of <laughs> basically falls into a coma, almost yeah. hard oh. to... So she had to drive herself around London and went to more than one hospital. It involves a Russian spy. It gets fabulous. And you're right about um, putting it, everything in perspective. Like they, they are actually very funny stories. You laugh out loud. And the other thing I like about them that I think parents will enjoy, they're quite short. Even though oh, there's, yes. a lot of, there's a lot of catastrophe <laughs> yes. happening... But they're quite short, like so you a, get through one and then there's yeah. the next one. It's like an one. adult bedtime story. Nobody yes. really, nobody wants a bedtime story for a child to last longer than about four minutes. <laughs> and this is, you know, you read, you skip the... Unfortunately, my children now know that I'm skipping some words. That's the terrible moment. They go, you've missed some words. But you want to be able to do that, get them down, and then you can get through at least two or three, have a bit Easily. of a chuckle. And, then, and yeah, it's very funny. It, it puts perspective... It gives you all perspective in terms of how normal life is. Um, it's a great book. 
ladies, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with thank us. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. That's Sarah McDonald and Rebecca Huntley. They're co-editors of the book The Full Catastrophe, and we'll put links to where you can get a copy in the notes of this episode. Is there anything as irritating as a cough, particularly one that keeps your child awake all night? I've looked after kids where, you know, you expect when they have an exacerbation of their asthma that they might be really wheezy and have all those things. But there are kids out there who their only symptom is a cough. So knowing your child's symptoms, if they do have that chronic condition and knowing what's normal for them and what's not good and when you need to seek medical help is really important. That's Sarah Hunstead from CPR Kids, and she's talking about coughs, what children can take, and when it's serious enough to see a doctor. That's next on Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. Listener.